0: Welcome into another episode of the Etho Celtics podcast. I am your host, Patrick Lounsbury, here to you today on a wonderful, beautiful Sunday morning where I am at and afternoon in Boston area. I'm going to be going over the Philadelphia-Boston matchup as well as looking back at that Chicago close finish win as the Celtics kind of had a little bit of sides of both both what they're capable of and and just kind of two sides of the story kind of how the season's been it's very been up and down and gonna go ahead and get into that um but one thing i would like to point out is you guys gotta head over to our team our team has please take a moment to go follow our ethos fantasy bk on twitter the single most dominant basketball and fantasy news feed on earth get all your nba news in one handy twitter feed it's faster than the competition and provides more analysis, too. Again, that's Ethos Fantasy BK on Twitter. Follow now. Let's jump right into things, man. That, that Sixers game was very rough to watch. I think the Celtics have found an identity, though, in this whole scheme of, of a season, right? They've shown that they're a really good defensive team. They can commit on that side of the floor. The problem is that I think, this roster is so heavily focused on defense that we don't look so crisp on the other end. The offense is just not there. It's very stagnant. The motions aren't right. It kind of seems very low grade as far as how they run an offense, or they just tend to like rely on two guys, which is the Jays to generate some type of offense. It's not going to be very successful when you have to rely on guys like that. Um, just on a normal basis when you're playing at a high level, because the other team's going to be able to just play defense. I mean, uh, Joel Embiid came out and said that the Celtics were easier to guard because they just don't move around as much. And honestly, like it's true. The Celtics aren't really good off ball. They're not cutting. They're not trying to back door. The movement of the back ball doesn't really happen as much. There's a lot of dribbling, dribbling and short handoffs that end up going right back in the hands of Jason and Jalen. So, Celtics need to take a a look there and reflection to see what they can do to get the ball moving from side to side. You have to wear out defenses at at the highest level in the NBA in order to get yourself going. Um, and and honestly, in this Philly game, the Celtics started on an eight two run to start out the game, and it, it was looking good. You know, the energy was good, everything was good. They're on the road playing against Philly, and then all of a sudden. After the eight-two run, the Sixers just responded on a thirty-to-six run, and it just hit the Celtics in the mouth. That ultimately never even end up kind of recovering. It just was terrible. So the the Celtics were really struggling to kind of find a way to get back into the game. They, you know, Robert Williams was was really good on the defensive side in that first quarter. Tatum was starting to play aggressive and was able to find some good spacing for himself. But ultimately, like, the Celtics were just too sloppy with the ball. Uh, and turning over the ball was a big reason for the Philly going on that 30-6 to 6 run, which is insane because the Celtics ended up, you know, only scoring 14 points in the first quarter, <laughs> which, you know, eight, eight of those 14 were within the first, like, two minutes. So it's it was crazy to watch them only score. Uh, six points over like 10 minutes span and and watching philly just kind of run away with it Uh, there was a cool little moment though that uh romeo langford was out there and he had that gnarly block on joel Embiid at the 428 mark in that uh, second quarter that's a little highlight for him pritchard also tried to get the celtics kind of going in the offensive direction to start at the second quarter he had a couple he he had a big shot deep but ultimately it kind of just seemed like to me, when I was watching this Philly game, I was thinking like, wow, Philly is just kind of bullying the Celtics. Like guys were just being more aggressive on the Philly side, bullying them up, banging bodies and just just getting kind of whatever they wanted. It was it was kind of uh, Celtics just needed to to fight back in a sense or, or have some type of scrap. I mean, things did get scrappy a couple times throughout this game. Uh, Richardson was getting into it with Matisse Bible. Um, There was like a hard foul as well in this game, but ultimately it was the Sixers were controlling everything about this game. They played bully ball, decided what, where they wanted the Celtics to go, how they wanted to play the Celtics and just ate them alive, you know, going into that halftime, 35 to 55 down 20. Um, Pritchard was the leading scorer with only eight, eight, eight points. Brown only had seven Tatum only had five points then you had guys like on the on the Sixers' sides who were just kind of clicking, man. Harris had 11 points, and B, 10 points, Maxie, 10 points, Curry, 8 points. So three of their guys were in double figures, and uh, Celtics were able to get anybody in double figures. Celtics shooting 30% from the field in that first half, 31 from deep. At 22 rebounds, only six assists, zero steals, which I think is absolutely crazy for a team that is honestly just able to – to play such great defense you figure they'd fall into at least a steal or two in the first half but having zero steals they had two blocks but the big notion was 11 turnovers uh you can't it's it's tough that first quarter was eight they had eight of those 11 turnovers in that first quarter so you can't you gotta clean up the basketball and like you you end up hurting yourself in these plays and The Celtics did a lot of self-infliction, and I'm not taking away anything from what the Sixers did game plan-wise. I thought that the Sixers came out, played really good, aggressive, and took advantage, man. Anytime that the Celtics slipped, the Sixers were there to to hit them with a haymaker and and take advantage of that moment. So things got ugly pretty quickly, and the, the Celtics ultimately could never recover. Robert Williams looked pretty good, though, throughout this game. Uh, then we went to that third second third quarter was just turnover after turnover. Jalen started to get um, pretty aggressive, tried to see if they had some life in them. Uh, unfortunately, he had like he had like ten points in like a, a little four minute stretch for him. And then at about that uh, fifty seven second mark of that third quarter, Tatum had a pretty cool alley oop to Rob, had a really nice finish. But still went into that fourth quarter down 66 to 83. So, not, not great on the offensive side. to have 66 points going into the fourth quarter. Had a pretty good fourth quarter, though, where we scored 33 points. And ultimately, which wasn't enough because the deficit was too far back. Celtics had it all the way down to 17 points. At the 9 17 mark, EMA ended up kind of throwing in the white flag with the starters. Said, you know he was going to pull the starters early if he felt they couldn't get a run going. They couldn't get a run going, and then the bench unit came in, and they started battling. Man, uh, I really liked what I saw from the bench unit. They got it almost within into single digits. They were cutting down at that lead, hit some big shots, and I also was was wanted to shout out my boy uh, Aaron Neesmith, Man, had a great. Great play where he he just went out there and took a charge from Embiid. And Embiid, like, had the ball from, like, half court. So Embiid had all the momentum in the world coming downhill. You're down big. These are, like, almost meaningless minutes. And you go ahead and take a charge from a guy like that size. Just shout out to Aaron E. Smith to taking that. Ultimately, was called a blocking, but made decided to challenge to play. Call got reversed. Ended up getting the right call. And Eme went to the challenge. Neesmith gets the charge. And then on the next play, out of that little review session slash timeout, Neesmith ended up getting rewarded with a, a play called for him and knocks down a three. So I thought it was just a good sequence for a young guy to kind of build on and get more confidence in a, in a game where it was kind of out of hand. Ultimately, the Boston Celtics fall to Philly in Philadelphia, 99-111. Some glaring problems throughout the season has just been, you know, we sometimes just flop, you know, can't shoot. Shooting has been pretty poor this season from the Celtics. They don't have a lot of outside shooting. The spacing is really congested, and they rely too much on an ISO heavy. You know, they need to find ways to even just get the ball into their star's hands, but, like, in motion. Try to get them going downhill. Get some more play action. Uh, Gets more actions going down uh, for for Jalen and Jason. I want to see more backdoor cuts. Um, ability maybe to get them in the post deeper. You know, have them get posted up on some smaller guys and and just try to find easier buckets. I think even if they're not able to knock down the buckets from that area, I think they can draw enough attention to where they free up. And instead of guys hanging on a three, take a cut, man. Make it easier on your teammates. I think that's really important for this team to get going and have the ability to be more successful moving forward. Next game was uh against Chicago Bulls. But just before we hop into that game here, I just want to let everybody know to please have, we have a brand new daily fantasy partner at Sports Ethos Thrive Fantasy. Prop up with Thrive Fantasy on their mobile app or at thrivefantasy.com. Use code ethos when you sign up to get a hundred percent deposit match bonus on your first deposit up to a 100 bucks, plus either two or free game tickets to play. Pick player props on the biggest names playing every night. Score points when your props hit, and the players with the most points win a share of the nightly prize money. And check out our Sports Ethos DFS team or podcast for advice on winners. Again, that code is ethos over at thrivefantasy.com. All right, hopping into this Chicago game. The Bulls were without a couple of their key players. No Zach Levine, who previous, the previous game had left due to a little knee issue. And then you had Lonzo Ball also out in this game. He was doubtful going into it, and then he just got called out of it. Kind of a tough break, uh, but at the end of the day, Celtics can't you know, control things. You play whoever's in front of you, and this was a team that we gave up a after after leading by over twenty points and gave up gave it up and they came back and won. So, Demar Derozan is a tough player to contain, and so is Booch. I think both those guys are really good basketball players, especially Demar Derozan this year, possibly an MVP candidate uh, with the way he's been playing and how the Bulls are have been progressing as a team this year. I think a lot of the success has been on his shoulders as well as uh, Lonzo Ball, helping that Bulls team kind of take a new identity and new height as far as where their expectations go this season. Defense was solid to start off, um and the ball and there was um there was like no ball movement though on the offensive side. I didn't really think that they were engaged offensively to start in the first quarter. Uh Horford was pretty good. Had a nice little block in that five twenty three mark of the first really was able to rotate over, get a nice little block, save the day. So I thought that was really good by him. And then just uh we, we were getting beat by the back door sometimes and being a team that's ranked in the top five in defensive rating this year, you would expect them to be a lot more engaged getting beat through with the back door cuts is, is just not good defense. You've got to clean that stuff up. That's not going to be winning basketball. It's going to be too easy for a team like the bulls to take advantage of stuff like that. So something that they need to really learn how to clean up. And then another thing going into this game is that there was just something different about how Jason Tatum, I thought, was addressing himself offensively. I thought he was doing a very good job of asserting himself, making sure he gets downhill, but like in a in a mode where he wanted to really attack and look for the opportunity to take advantage of the matchups that he had. Because uh, to be honest with Jason Tatum, like 95% of the guys in the league can't guard Tatum. Like, straight up so i'd like to see when tatum gets into this mindset of like i know you can't guard me i'm not gonna settle today i'm gonna go out there and get mine so i kind of saw that with him earlier on and then uh boston ended up taking a nice 10 point lead into that second quarter the second quarter came out was ennis freedom and richardson just, just had some really solid mids to start that that second quarter getting getting this rolling keeping that momentum going Celtics need that little boost off the bench. Uh, then I, I thought the ball movement was a lot better in that second quarter, <clears throat> and the Celtics took uh, took took the ball took the Bulls really well and just played way more controlled overall as a team. It was kind of just the opposite of how it was in Philly. Uh, they they weren't getting bullied. They were matching the energy of the Bulls. I wasn't say I won't say that they were bullying the Bulls because I didn't think that was the case at all but they also were attacking the paint. They were trying to get inside, take advantage, get easy buckets, man. When your MO is like, we can't shoot the basketball from deep very well. uh, You just got to learn to understand it and be like, okay, cool. How can we get to the paint? Then how can we get to these mid range, you know, make up, make our life a lot easier by understanding that we're a better team. When we take more shots in this area, than trying to force ourselves to look like we have spacing. So Celtics did a good job there. They ended up taking a five-point lead into halftime despite shooting 18% from deep in the first half. Uh, They shot 47 from the field, but they had 27 total rebounds, 11 assists, only four turnovers, which is nice compared to the 11 turnovers they had at half in that Philly game. And then they have 34 points out of 54 from in the paint. So huge, huge swing there. Uh, That's where they kind of took the lead because – Chicago had a better field goal percentage at half. They had a better three-point percentage at half. They had more assists. They had less turnovers. But the Celtics were getting better looks. They are fighting on the boards. They had way more rebounds. They were getting second-chance opportunities, and they just worked harder. They worked harder on the boards. You get more opportunities. You get more shots. It don't matter if you're shooting worse because, you know, you get extra six shots, extra six possessions, you know. That's how you take control of a game. That's how you win games sometimes is you got to – it's the small things, and getting back to those small things is very important for this team and for the success that they're trying to reach. Uh, I also think, too, that the Celtics uh, came out of that half really not good. It was kind of a pop moment for Eme, totally coming out of Pop's playbook, but as soon as the, the third quarter started, Celtics gave up a pretty open three. The Bulls knock it down 32 seconds into the into the second half, and Ime just calls a timeout, man. Call timeout, you know, regather the groups. What what is happening here? So thought that that was a just a funny little thing that that uh, Ime ended up doing, but totally out of Pop's um, playbook. There, both teams were picking up the pace in that third quarter. I think when the pace kind of increases, it's more beneficial for the Celtics than not. I don't know why that they, they play at such a slower pace when they're a young team. And I think they got a lot of good athletes on this team. Even like guys on the bench, like Neesmith is a good athlete. Richardson's a good athlete. Tatum Brown, Robert Williams, you know, like Dennis Schroeder's a good athlete. Like you've got to get these guys playing a little bit faster. Cause when they're, when you're playing faster, you're getting guys out of position. You could take advantage of your ability to be more athletic than the other teams. And, I don't see the reason why the Celtics haven't been able to do that as much this season. It's kind of been an issue that I've seen all year. But ultimately, uh, this third quarter was pretty good. Peyton Pritchard got some good minutes, and he took advantage, man. He was hitting some bombs. Like I'm talking, this guy was easily five, six feet back and just knocking down threes and and playing at a good level. And then uh, going into the fourth quarter with a one-point lead, Celtics – you know, it just turned into a shootout. The shootout began, kind of defense on both sides just kind of went off the rails. And then it was, it was fun, man. It was just a fun fourth quarter. But, you know, with the Celtics being the team that kind of blows it at the end, you, you had to be nervous. You definitely had to be nervous. And the, the thing was, they were able to finish down this stretch. There's just a lot of just, small things that ended up happening. Like Tatum, Tatum had like a big block down the stretch. Vooch was still killing us with some big shots late, but then Jalen Brown hit had like a really timely three pointer with like just over a minute left to kinda reel this back in. Celtics ultimately ended on an 8 0 run to end the fourth quarter to take a victory by two points, which is crazy because if you would have told me this before the season or before the game, like, hey, the Celtics are gonna like go on eight oh run for it. just based off how the season has progressed and been like, yeah, you mean the the Bulls went on an eight oh run and pulled away and they won by like twelve. You know, that's kind of been the story in MO. So for this team to get back to learning how to win in these close situations, that's growth. You know, I don't think it has to be so, you know, a it doesn't have to be all negative or anything like that because it came down to this, and they were missing Lonzo. I'm just trying to see them them grow, and I think this team showed some growth. They're headed in a better direction. I'm not saying things are going to get fixed overnight, but it was a good thing to see this team come away with a close victory, and kind of pull themselves through it. Uh, 31 seconds left. Uh, Robert Williams hit those two free throws to tie the game. And then he ended up getting fouled on a rebound that put him at the line. And he had two more to, to seal the victory. So he won the game at the line. I thought Robert Williams was, was big, man. Like, having a big man that can hit his free throws like that, you it's just – that's just, like, insane to have. It's a good weapon to have. Robert Williams has been phenomenal, I think, the past couple of weeks, really on the defensive side of things. He's unlocked a lot for the Celtics and – the reason for the success that they have has been kind of going through Robert Williams. So I thought he was good down the stretch, but another notion I wanted to to lock down there was I thought Tatum was really good defensively against DeRozan um, in closing minutes, trying to make things tough on him, Uh, especially during, you know, when it was a tie game and DeRozan kind of went on an ISO. He was on an island. It was just DeRozan and Tatum – And Tatum was all on him, didn't foul him, and that's what you want. That's your best player on the team, stepping up, going ahead, guarding the other team's go-to guy down the stretch And DeMar DeRozan, who is an MVP candidate this year, playing phenomenal, who also has hit big shots against the Celtics this year already. And Tatum went up and stepped up, man. He stepped up, forces a miss. Robert Williams ends up getting fouled on, on the rebound. Goes down, hits two free throws, puts the Celtics up two. Bulls ended up getting another opportunity. There was a little defensive mishap on that, but they did commit on DeRozan. They doubled him, got the ball out of his hands. Booch ended up getting a really good three-point look. Looked like he kind of short-armed it, got a little nervous with his shot, and ultimately fell short of of hitting it, thankfully. And then uh, DeMar got the rebound, got up a mid-range, luckily didn't go in. Celtics pull away with a pretty tight victory at home against the Bulls after a back-to-back getting bullied from the Philadelphia Sixers. So how I kind of just look at it was that's a great bounce back win. You you got punched in the mouth, beaten, bullied, lunch money taken against Philly. You play the next very next day. You had no Marcus Smart out there to kind of be a bully with you, and you got to find a way to win against one of the top teams in the East. And it was down the stretch, and they did it. They were able to pull it away. Celtics ultimately get a 114 to 112 victory against the Bulls. Headed into the right direction now. You know, I like I said with this team, we are at 500 now. We're 22 and 22 on the year, 44 games played. The team is a defensive team, and they need to find their way on offense. They may not find it this year. I'm looking forward to seeing what type of moves we might make at the deadline. I'm not sure what we'll make or if we even make one. But the road is looking kind of bright um, ahead of us. We do get the Pelicans on Monday. We got a tough matchup against the Hornets on Wednesday. Then we get the Blazers, who... have have no Damian Lillard, who just had surgery on his abdominal on Friday. And then we have the Celtics and Wizards on Sunday. Celtics did take the first two. And I'm just hoping uh, here for the the Celtics to to really kind of get on a little roll. They they did knock off like a nice little three-game win streak before losing that one to Philly. So I think there's a lot of room here for them to catch up on some games and move up in the standings. We've got to see – We got to start catching some ground, man. We're 44 games in. Uh, I think the all-star break is going to be really, really good for this team to kind of like almost get a reset. It's it'll be nice for them to just reset a little bit and and refocus, get together as a team. Hopefully we can get really healthy and go on like a second half run. But yeah, man, I'm excited for, for the rest of the season. I'm hoping we can kind of steer in the right direction, but um that's all i have for you guys today again make sure you guys go on to spotify and check out the show please it's at ethos celtics you can also go on to apple podcast leave us a five-star rating and a review it always helps us and we appreciate it so much um didn't have my co-host today he's been he's been busy he's been middle of a move so i had to run and and do this solo podcast for us so we can pump out some shows for you we're trying to be more consistent this year for you guys and ultimately we just appreciate everybody coming out and supporting us and just leave this with you guys before we leave here is quickly before we sign off we want you also to remind you all to use coupon code hoopall20 at manscaped.com for 20 percent off your order and free shipping also to check out our pals at mybookieag Use code hoopball on the third page of the sign up to unlock deposit match bonus there as well. Thank you guys again. Make sure you guys go follow me on Twitter at Ball and Opinions. You can follow the show at Ethos Celtics. Been appreciative of you guys come stopping by, checking us out. Later.